Levels look nice. La 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 la. La 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 la. Nice. Oh, sweet. Now I feel like professional. I just want to make sure I'm registering on here too. That's important. Yeah. I don't know. That was so weird. Okay. (laughs) We're golden. What a day. What a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Wow. What a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I think that sums up the world right now. What a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Ew, David. <laughs> well, welcome to Listen and Learn or Not. We have Lady Claire. Hello. Life Coach Lori. Hello. And me, Anna D. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it is March 4th. Are you worried? Not anymore, but I, you know... When I woke up, I had some thoughts. I gave it I gave it a few brain cells, but no. As the day went on, I wasn't worried. What am I missing? I know it's do something day. What else? Well, oh, it's do something day? Uh-huh, do something. Isn't everything do something day? <laughs> right. <laughs> Today more than usual. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who are wondering, what on earth is she talking about? It's that March 4th used to be Inauguration Day before 1933. Oh. Today supposedly is a day they're saying that our former president is going to take back the country and be back as president. Oh. And that was according to some QAnon conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Now there is apparently a risk of violence at the Capitol again today. But as of right now at 2.02 p.m., it's all peaceful, right? Like you guys haven't heard anything. So far, no. going on. So far, it's all. The only thing I've heard is that yes, the FBI deemed that there there was enough chatter that it was credible to be worried and communicated that to the Capitol Police. But also, they did ask today. I haven't heard whether this got answered, but it was asked that the National Guard stay there for two more months. Yeah. So that's that's the only thing I've heard. I haven't heard of any issues today, and hopefully, it'll stay that way. I want to trust they are better prepared this time than they were on January sixth. I have heard some interesting things about all of this. Uh, Christopher Ray, who's now the director of the FBI, has been testifying before the Senate committee that's been looking into what happened January 6th. And he basically says from the time that Capitol Police said, oh my gosh, we need help, until the National Guard actually arrived, and the National Guard was less than a half a mile away, was three hours. And the reason it was three hours was because they had to wait for approval. They basically had to get their boss's 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 boss to say, yes, the National Guard can go over there and help the Capitol Police. Three hours waiting for somebody to basically just call him back. And the guy who, the only person to dispute that said, it wasn't three hours, it was two and a half hours, right? That's crazy. That is crazy. So I think that they've learned a lot, a lot since that day about not only taking threats seriously, but about that intercommunication and what's going on. And yeah, I get it. Only the Pentagon can call out the army and only the local police can call out their own police officers. But there has to be a point at which when you call 911 because the Capitol's being stormed, somebody comes to help, right? And at at least that lesson got learned this time. But I look back and I'm like, We've learned a lot of lessons. Like, remember before 9-11, there was that memo that came out that said bin Laden determined to attack inside the United States like a couple of years before 9-11. And they were like, wow, well, we've learned in retrospect, we better take these things seriously. How much how much learning do we have to do, you know, before we take these things seriously? I wonder if people are pointing at the new leadership at the Pentagon that was put in place in November. Yeah, I, I suspect that a good portion of the people who didn't believe the truth about what was happening with the election, finally believe it, or at least understand that they're breaking the law, like major laws, by acting the way that they did that day. Not by protesting. There's nothing wrong with protesting. Right. Right. No matter what it is. Right. Nothing wrong with protesting. But but breaking in with weapons, that's against the law. And I think that a lot of them have simmered down and and come to realize that. There's always going to be a segment on both sides, whether you're far left, far right, or far out. Um, (laughs) There's always going to be a segment of people that that won't believe what you tell them regardless. But I think a majority of the people were very emotional and cooler heads have prevailed. I certainly don't have a doom and gloom scenario. But uh, what is it? uh, What's the expression? Um, Trust but verify. What is that Ronald Reagan? Trust but verify. No, that's a good (laughs) one. It's like, I'm I'm cool, but I'm always going to be listening. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Be vigilant. See something. Say something. Say something. Yes. Well, not oh. to like totally change the subject, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Lent because I knew nothing about Lent until I met Anna. <laughs> and doesn't it me? seem like 
a lot of people seem to be observing Lent this year, many of whom I didn't realize were Catholic. I always thought that was specifically a Catholic thing. I did too. And then it was always fun for me to see what Anna was going to do for Lent <laughs> every year. And then it what, occurred like dress up? what she going to do this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think she gave up chocolate one year. That was crazy. And coffee, I think, one year. Oh, that's not even possible. Yeah. Yeah. That was no good. I don't think she ever gave up swearing. (laughs) (laughs) But then I thought, well, gosh, maybe I should do it since I've looked into a little and it's, it's a lot about discipline. I like that because I think that that's something we were kind of missing in our McDonald's instant gratification culture. Mm, Yeah. I like it. Yeah, McDonald's instant gratification. (laughs) I want it now. (laughs) Did did I hear one of you um, before this podcast say that a lot of people are participating then in it as non-Catholics? I personally, and this is just on Facebook, but people I actually know, not just random Facebook friends, have seen quite a few people who are choosing to observe Lent. And I don't know if they're going to any kind of house of worship for the various things that happen there. And they, they're not doing it as an excuse to just to have Mardi Gras, you know, which started <laughs> it all off, right? Like, they're right. all talking about giving things up and, and swearing things. And, and to my knowledge, most of these people who I've known all my life are not Catholic. And so I'm wondering if Lent has just become something that people are starting to observe. Maybe not the specific religious aspects, but just that that notion of like Lori said of, or like what was what was there like Dry January or something? It yeah. just seems like there are there are more and more things that people are vowing to do for 30 days. Only Lent is 40 days. I found it interesting. Yeah, Dry January didn't go well during COVID. No, <laughs> I didn't hear about Dry January. Yeah, no drinking. How did you miss it? You you're, you probably just didn't compute what that could possibly mean. <laughs> I was like, no, we had a, a rainy January. <laughs> Isn't that Talking cute? About. <laughs> so, like, did they? <laughs> what are you doing? Did you, did you just? Uh, that was my dog Sadie oh. knocking her giant chewy femur bone off oh. of her bed and onto the floor. Oh. Sadie, it's not time to stop yet. <laughs> No. <laughs> so maybe for Lent, she's going to give up that femur bone. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my dog's giving up femurs for Lent. Your, your dog is observing Lent. That's really good. Um, so are people, is there a reason why people are, are doing the Lent thing? Well, I I think that there are different, like Catholic, but I think there are some maybe Lutheran or different other different denominations that do it. And I just, when I was growing up, I went to church. It was just a small community church. It was just never talked about. So I didn't realize like it was a thing to observe. And so uh, with Anna, I was like, oh, good for her every year. She's Catholic. And then I'm like, hey, wait a minute. It's not just for Catholics. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's a new thing or if I just didn't realize it. Like, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't called Lent in some churches. I'm not sure. I mean, I know there are some denominations that stopped practicing Lent, but that some have still kept it going. Like, I bet maybe there's just a different name for it or something. So in your church, do you guys prepare for Easter? No. Somehow. Like, is there so, are there special things that happen around the month and a half or two months before Easter. I think I'm just, just like Good Friday. And I even remember Ash Wednesday. That's a, a thing that you always did. I'm like, oh, Ash Wednesday. I didn't know that was yeah, a thing. That, that's the start of the 40-day period Yeah, uh, until Easter. Yeah. And then so during that time, at least the Catholic Church, they collectively enter into like a preparation for the celebration of Easter. And so that would like involve like self-examination, fasting, so you can give up something for Lent, like I did chocolate. Some people are giving up social media. There's also like repentance of sins, more visits to church to take confession might happen during this time, prayers involved. Like at my church, parishioners attend the Stations of the Cross every Thursday in Lent. And then like every Friday, you can't eat meat. Oh, Fish Friday. Um, through 
Fish Friday, hence the name, Fish Fridays. And then, like, on a side note, Lent also prepares converts for their entry into the church. So there's there's some things involved. So I wonder if any of those elements might have happened in in the church or churches that you've attended during during that time that maybe you just didn't notice. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm pretty I sure no in, in our little community <laughs> church. Um, but, you know, yeah. I, I am not an att- I do not pay attention to detail. I could be at your house 10 times and the 10th time I drive up and I might say, did you paint your house? I mean, I don't <laughs> remember things. So, Right, right. So I guess there are like some people, I looked it up after you guys were talking about it, and I saw that there are some individuals, non-Catholic, participating in Lent, and some people uh, might participate in what's called a Daniel's Fast where you adhere to a Bible-based diet for two to four weeks and boost your devotional time. Yeah, that's fairly new within the last 10 years, yeah. I've never heard heard of that. Oh, but you haven't heard of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is it? I haven't heard. I don't know. I don't know what they're actually. Well, the Bible story, when uh, Daniel was taken captive, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were all taken captive and they were fine specimens of Jewish men and they didn't believe in eating meat offered to idols. So they were supposed to be fed a certain diet, but they asked, could we you know, eat our own diet. And they said, oh, no, we'll get in trouble with the king. And they said, well, how about you give us a trial? I think it was a week or a month. And if we're not doing better than everybody else, we'll go on your diet. So they put him on the Daniel diet, which was, I think, mostly fruits and vegetables. And of course, they, you know, buffed all up and they were strong and awesome. And so they let them keep eating that way. Wow. But in the end, he got fed to a lion, right? But they didn't get eaten because they didn't have any meat on them. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> See those huh, veggies. There is something to this. <laughs> did, he, did he slip right out? Yeah, no, they got thrown to the lions. But uh, when they looked looked in, I don't know which one, one of them, I think it was just Daniel that was thrown to the lions, but all of them got thrown in the furnace. And uh, when they looked in, there was one extra person walking around in the the fire. So yeah, so maybe that diet helped with that too. I need to get back into Bible studies because I am forgetting these stories. Well, Claire, (laughs) what about being Jewish? You probably, because you don't celebrate Easter, am I correct? Uh, Correct. Yeah, we don't celebrate Easter, but Passover is essentially at the same time. And some people may know that the Last Supper was actually a Passover Seder. And even, you know, right down to, you know, passing around the bread and passing around the wine. Those are all traditional things that are happening at a Passover Seder, you know, at that particular at that particular Seder, uh, they took on a different meeting um, for for Christ and his followers. So they typically happen at the same time period, but it's, you know, recognizing several different things that are going on. There are other springtime holidays in, in Judaism, but really the, the only traditional one that I've observed, there may be others throughout the year in terms of, of repentance and, and fasting and sacrifice is Yom Kippur, which is in the autumn. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. We, we get it all done in one day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, 40 well, days actually, for you. <laughs> yeah. It's actually 10. It's 10 days. It's called the 10 days of repentance that goes between Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year, and Yom Kippur, uh, which is the, the, the day of atonement. So there are 10 days where you observe um, various services and rituals. And, and do, there's this one, one of my favorites, just the most wonderful tradition that I'm sure has evolved in, you know, 5,000 years. Uh, is you 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 cast your sins upon the water in the form of bread. Oh. So you say prayers and you kind of enumerate things and you throw the bread into the water. But you, if you do if you use certain bread and go to certain places, you, you're feeding the ducks at the same time. <laughs> um, which I've always liked, you know, yeah. that idea. And then they're like, oh, don't feed the ducks. The bread's bad for them. So then you had to kind of change up what you're doing. But yeah. but it's such a beautiful tradition of going yeah. to the river or going to the lake or something and and, and casting your those things out. But um, There's, again, it's only 10 days yeah. and it's only uh, in, the, in the fall. There's actually a, a verse in, I think it's in the New Testament about cast your bread upon the water and mm-hmm. think good things will come to you or it will come back to you. I don't know. It's supposed to be like I, a good thing. One of the things I love so much about comparing religions is how many things are the same and have just yes. evolved to mean different things. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think there are, yeah, like like you were pointing out, like Old Testament and New Testament, I think have a lot of similarities, symbol, symbolic wise and everything, like the number 40, the number 12, the Seven. number three. The, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
so so much of it that and, and some of it you know people might feel like it's hidden but sometimes it's not you know it's sometimes it's like with religions i think we're really worshiping the same god i mean people don't believe that and i, I sometimes wonder why yeah I, I, I have often thought the same thing that that in the, in the end or i guess in the beginning <laughs> we are all worshiping the same god we've just evolved in in how it's either personified or 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 the symbols that come out of it but i just i find it fascinating i just remember when you said the 40 days uh in the in the orthodox culture at least in the greek orthodox culture i assume it's eastern orthodox too or all of them but 40 days is a like so for example when someone passes away you have a 40-day ceremony wow. um where you go and that's after their, their spirit has rested in like a resting place and then it goes up with god after the 40 days um yeah i don't know just oh yeah judaism does have 40 days the the counting of the Years in the, the desert. Something. There's so, oh yes, oh, of course. <laughs> forty days and forty nights. Forty years in the desert. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's some springtime thing. Uh, the counting of the something that I should really know. I learned in Sunday school, but I think I killed that brain cell. And no, probably wasn't. And Noah? it's probably Lent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. After all this, it's probably Lent. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like, I, I remember asking a question out there somewhere. Is, is it possible that? Allah and God and isn't it possible that it's all they're all the same thing yeah there's different traditions different priorities that they're all very equally important or just important so that everything will make up one body basically I guess it just it, it boggles my mind I think just the bottom line it boggles my mind that wars happen because of religion yeah <laughs> um is it is it all over how we we how we worship God or or you know is it because well I think this religion is more important than the other so therefore I should kill you <laughs> you know mm -hmm. it, it, that's always boggled my mind and I don't understand it because really there's so many similarities the the most important stuff is the most important stuff for every single religion I think I can't you know I'm not really well versed in all this stuff but I you would think that okay every religion says don't kill or love god and love your neighbor and do right. good things which uh, is the greatest commandment right yeah right right you know some people might call, not call it a commandment yeah we're not familiar with everybody's terms but they might be the same you know if we mm -hmm. all understood it there's a I saying guess. about it's harder to hate somebody in person and i think when we yeah. think we know what we know um, it's easy to go to previously thought of or talked about things. But I was at a conference. It was uh, when I worked for the Lutheran Community Services. They had Muslims there. They had all kinds of people there. We're all sitting around eating lunch together and visiting. And it's like what it boils down to, seriously, is love, you know, yeah. over and over. Mm -hmm. It's like we cannot hate people close up. It's yeah, harder. Right. I mean, we can, but it's harder when we don't have a reason, when we're just like, oh, I don't like them because they wear this or they do that. If we open our communities and we try to be more accepting, I think that we might find out a lot of things we thought weren't necessarily on track. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the hatred and animosity goes back thousands and thousands or, or hundreds and hundreds of years, depending on mm -hmm. the religion. And it's all based on power and land grabs. I feel like, you wow. know, the Crusades is what comes to mind, but I'm sure there are a million other examples where some powerful king or tribe leader wanted a piece of land or resource and used their God as the excuse to fight for it. Mm -hmm. That's my view on, on why we are where we are. Yeah. So can close-mindedness also factor into why things are the way they are today? Sometimes I wonder about people I meet or know or are related to who it's below them to acknowledge other faiths. Like they would never believe other religions have any or as much credibility as theirs. And I want to say, aren't there truths to every religion? I, I think when we don't question our faith, and, and that's, I think, what happens a lot. You're raised in a faith, and you believe it. And so we never question it. And mm -hmm. I don't know if this is totally random, but I, you know, I love podcasts, and I'm listening to one about, remember that woman whose children were missing, and they, they never found them? 
I think her name was Lori too, uh, in Utah and then Hawaii, and they never. Oh con- yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. And she got involved with some man and some stuff. Yes, yeah. I remember so this. she huh. and I heard some conversations with her and her best friend, and I mean, she believed what she believed, and that they were one of the you know the hundred and forty four thousand that would go to heaven, and that um, oh, the, that's Jehovah Witnesses. Well, yeah. it, it's not though. It, it's a this oh, it's came not, from Mormonism. No, no. This particular right. one, and then it got really intense. And you know, she it was just so interesting to hear because you could just hear she had she believed so much, and when we never question our beliefs. I think that's when we get in trouble. And there is the verse, I don't know if it's New Testament or old, it says, seek the truth and the truth will set you free. And I had a professor in college who used to say, but first it will make you miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, that we we look at what we're believing. They've never proved yet whether her children are dead. Did they find them? They didn't find them, but they suspect that. Not that I know of, but um, yeah. Yeah. But people kept dying, you know, the guy's yep. wife and then her husband and then her brother ended up dead. The brother that killed her husband and then the two kids are missing. So what, did, did they die because of the belief? Or something, they're zombies. Like some sort of she said they're zombies and they weren't. Yeah, something. What? And so but they've never uh, as far as I know, if I when I get to the end, if I find out it's a it's a New York Times or a Dateline series. So I'm sure they'll get to the whatever the real bottom of it is but yeah so when people believe things and i think i you know boy i don't want to be canceled we'll talk about that in a minute but to go out (laughs) on the limb whenever we're extreme right whenever we're Mm -hmm. extreme and we think we're right and this is the thing that is so important to me do you want to be right or do you want to be in relationship i mean how many parents get mad at their kids like in the olden days when the girl would get pregnant and so they'd ban them and never talk to them again you know we've come so far we've learned so much but it's like, do you want to be right or do you want to have a relationship with that person? And and to me, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. 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 Well, so, I'll admit it, it is Lent, but I've been lacking in my Lenten ways. Oh, <laughs> I'm shocked. I, I, I accidentally ate meat last Friday. <gasps> Did and, you know it? So you accidentally... No. Well, the day before, I was like, okay, remember, don't eat meat. 12 hours later, here's my bologna sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, bologna, that's not meat. (laughs) That That would be like spam. (laughs) That doesn't count. It's not like you had a porterhouse steak with a bacon. (laughs) I might have actually. I was only telling you what I had for lunch. When I say bologna, I mean porterhouse steak. (laughs) I call bologna. (laughs) So cancel culture. Wow. What a a week for cancel culture. Yeah, it doesn't seem to stop. Mm -mm. Um, Dr. Seuss books. Dr. Seuss, they've gone after the man who taught us all how to read. Read, right. Is partially canceled. I, Melrose I, yeah, no. Street and um uh, yeah it was um I think that I saw it on Mulberry Street that's it if I, I remember Melrose. Melrose Street <laughs> yeah, Mulberry. because uh, an Asian it, person is portrayed as wearing a you know a, a triangle hat holding chopsticks mm-hmm. and if I if ran, I the, ran zoo, the zoo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um and the others are um McGelliot's Pool on Beyond Zebra, mm. Scrambled Eggs, Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. I've never even heard of those Me four books. Me either. But yeah. that begs the question, should we ban, should we uh, burn Baybar too? Because, you know, that's kind of based <gasps> the on... The elephant? That's based on African uh, culture. Barbar? Stereotype. <gasps> Baybar? Baybar oh, because it's about like the imperial... Um, Raj dynasty thing. Right. Stereotypes of Africa's. And then Curious George, because the premise of white man bringing home a monkey from Africa. Oh, and then they (laughs) even go after Laura Ingalls. Did you read that? Because of the Native Americans in her little house on the prairie. Okay. Hang on. Hold on. (laughs) There's a there's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) Yes. So we've got several things going on. Mm -hmm. We've got Dr. Seuss, who... Nothing in the, well, okay, in, in the example of these six books that we know of 
it wasn't about the content of his intention. It was about a drawing that was done in a style that was deemed acceptable at that time. Exactly. Then we've got Curious George and Babar, which actually look like a cartoon version of something that happened in real life. Whether or not that was the intention, that's what that was. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we've got Laura Ingalls Wilder, who's basically just telling the world from her perspective, right? Exactly. Because they were, you know, it's what, I don't even know what, if that was in the 1800s or early 1900s, but yeah. But that was her experience. Right. Whether or not she's, whether or not you can look at it as racist in what occurred, you can't change someone's history because you don't like how they viewed it. Exactly. Oh, wow, my mind is blowing right now. Yeah, and um, I will say on the Dr. Seuss, his organization, the Dr. Seuss Foundation, did make that decision. A school in Alabama or something started pulling all the books, and mm-hmm. so they made that decision and pulled them out of print. So they, they self-canceled. <laughs> yeah, and they, they make a ton, a ton of money. I can't, like $9 million a year or something. Yeah. Um, so they pulled those and uh, in good faith, but I was really surprised to see uh, that then, you know, it says in the 2007 book, should we burn Baybar because the author, and so they, they go on to just talk about all these different books that we have cherished. I, I can I can see it. I absolutely can see it. I can see that I never saw it before, and I can see how it looks. I, I think why I'm struggling with the Little House on the Prairie books is because I'm not sure why I'm struggling with it. I guess I feel like if if they're saying that she cartooned the way that the Native Americans portrayed, that's one thing. But it's been so long since I've read them, I don't recall. If they're just saying they don't like what her experience was, I don't think she was making that up, was she? I mean, maybe she wasn't a diarist. Maybe it is all fiction. But I always assumed it was a diary told in fictional form, right? Yeah, we'll have to research that. But yeah, it it does. I mean, it's so Maya Angelou says when we know better, we do better. And, um, you know, it's like we didn't know what we didn't know. And um, we're guilty of a lot of that. (laughs) What was it? Do your best. And when you know better, do better. I love that. Maya Angelou. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When you know better, we do better. And so then I had to share you guys uh, this Dr. Seuss poem that came out yesterday because it's like, again, there's cancel culture and then there's anti-cancel culture. And so, again, these are not my words. I'm hoping to not get canceled. These are the words. (laughs) Dare I read them? (laughs) Forget. who's it by? This uh, Ruiz, it says, uh, Ramirez, Las Vegas. Uh, It's hard to read. Uh, something creations, Ramirez creations. So forget cancel culture. I think it's a sham. I do not like it, Uncle Sam I am. Ignoring achievements in the name of the woke. Oh, there's that word. And cause more division in the fires they stoke. Take history out of context is now the new game. Not looking for justice, just someone to blame. Today it's a book, so watch what you do one day in the future. They may cancel you. Wow. I've been thinking about uh, Mark Twain. I've been thinking about, you know, is somebody going to try to cancel Huck Finn? Because that's another example of he was actually telling a story that was trying to promote a friendship between a white boy and a, and a black man, a slave. He was trying to, to promote uh, the good in people and how all people can get along. And yet when you look at the language of how it's written, he writes it in a dialect. I'm wondering if, you know... Is is that something that might be deemed offensive now in looking back on it? You know, it was 150 years ago. Where do you draw the line between history and ignorance? I mean. Right, 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 right. And again, we talk about this all the time. There's got to be some grace. Uh, I mean, we have to we have to call people out. Right. The U2 movement. Things have to happen. The Black Lives Matter. You know, things have to happen on on those levels. And it's like. It's nothing's black or white, I guess. Nothing's just yes or no. Right. You know, and where is that fine line? Right. We used to have it. I I feel like when I grew up, you saw both sides of things and there was a middle and there were shades of gray. I feel like this, if you're not with us, you're against us. If you're not right, you're wrong. You know, 
it is relatively new in the last 20 years of my being an adult. Um, I've always considered my person who, who, myself a person who could see both sides of an argument. But apparently now that's a sign of weakness. That used to be a sign of strength. Now it's a sign of weakness. Oh, interesting. Say more about yeah. that. I don't feel that way. I feel I would much rather be with people who can see both sides and have empathy and sympathy and understand what's going on. And you can agree to disagree and, and understand where the other person is coming from. But I have been told more than once that that just makes you wishy-washy, that you have to take a stand, that you have to be on one side or another. You can't see both sides. Um, and I just, I, I find that ridiculous. But apparently there are people who feel that way. Interesting. Anna? This is all so interesting to me right now, just listening, because so we talked last week about Chris Harrison, then this Cat in the Hat poem, pretty much we're, we're hearing more people having a real problem with cancel culture or woke police. And like last night, my husband and I were listening to Tucker Carlson hating on the whole um, idea of cancel culture. And I, I wonder then how many people are bothered by cancel culture. I understand why they would be because just for the whole reason of, you know, like what you said, I mean, there are some people whose intentions are really good and not truly bad, but then there are people whose intentions are bad and they need to be called out. So like I was thinking about how, like even Jane Fonda was canceled back in the day. Right, oh my gosh, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. yeah. We, we think of her because just last Sunday, she, she won a Lifetime Achievement Award on the, on the Golden Globes. I didn't know much about Jane Fonda. It was, it was Mark that was telling me, you know, the whole controversy around her. She, she was an activist and, and she had this thing with the Vietnam War that people got really messed up by and, and called her a communist and everything for the things that she, she did. But then she overcame that cancel culture because of her continued success. But then also later, people were starting to realize, I guess they're wondering why there was a Vietnam War in the first place, because somehow it wasn't making sense anymore. Muhammad Ali, he was canceled because he wouldn't fight in Vietnam. And his reason was, uh, why would I fight brown people in Vietnam? Nobody there called me an N-word, you know? Boxing even canceled him, but today people love him for it now uh, and understand it better. So some people come out of being canceled. They come out of it okay. Why, why do you think that is? Well, in their case, time. Time. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that's part of, you know, hearkening back to our conversation about Chris Harrison. What he was saying is that, you know, what, what Rachel Kirkinell did, the, the woman on The Bachelorette who was being called on the carpet for photos of her in a plantation party in 2018, he was like, look, that's only three years ago. We've learned so much since then. You're talking about Jane Fonda was, what, 40, oh. 50 years ago, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and Muhammad Ali, that was 50 years ago. That's time. It took an entire generation of people to change, maybe not even change minds, but just see things differently, you know? And everything happens at the speed of light now, literally the speed of light on your phone. I mean, as, as fast as you can read a tweet is how fast you'll change your mind about somebody. So time, and then there's also the difference of what is being canceled, because it's the what that matters. That, That's a good point. That what might have pissed off people back in 1970, but now in the 21st century, people realize so-and-so was right all along about the what. So Jane Fonda, Muhammad Ali, many might say maybe there was no reason to have a Vietnam War where back in the 70s, that was just not said. You don't say that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? And now if you look at the what, when it came to Mel Gibson's what we canceled him for, I don't think he'll be able to really overcome what he was canceled for. I, I think collectively, we know that was less forgiving or that is less forgiving for him to shout out the hatred he spewed against different races and different genders. Now, what about Chris? What what Chris Harrison is canceled for? I think he has a better chance of redeeming himself as long as he does the work. And so far he has admitted and he reconciled and he might do something awesome, you know, mm-hmm. like put his time and energy immersing himself in the black culture or hanging out at a barbershop or, you know, just getting into the conversations with the black community and breaking bread with them on a daily basis without stopping. You know, he, there's a chance for him to redeem himself. 
would it be fair when it comes to cancel culture, should some people be in a different category then? Well, it's almost like high school graduation and then you have a reunion and, you know, everybody's going to be the same, right? And it's like, if they've grown up and done something good, it's like, no, you were the most likely to not succeed. You, you know, this isn't working for me, right? And I think it's like, they have that opportunity, but do we give them that opportunity? So I think right. that's really good, yeah, Anna. Gosh. That's such a, yeah. a good point. Yeah. Yes. And, and I'm sorry if, you know, the jock of the class did not succeed. <laughs> okay. I'm going all Cobra Kai. I'm sorry. Yes, you let's are. All, let's just all which. admit this, or maybe it's just me, but come on, weren't you relieved when you went back for your high school reunion and some of the skinny, scrawny, beautiful girls were kind of overweight and some of the mean <laughs> jocks who were mean to you were kind of bald. Uh, come on. I'm just going to say it right there. You can cancel me if you want, but I'm not the only one who thought it. Okay, I agree with you, except for I think my class is an exception because there's 35 of us. Okay. <laughs> we actually seem to get along, but after 15 years, no more reunions. I tried to have one about three years ago, and, and three of us showed up to plan it, and it was like, yeah, nobody's going to do this. So uh, too bad we didn't think of Zoom. We could have done a Zoom reunion, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I had fun. I had fun at my 10 year and I had a lot of fun at my 20 year. I haven't been back since. Um, well, there, I guess I haven't been anymore since probably, but yeah, I don't know if I'll, if I'll make it again, but that's funny. <laughs> 35. Yeah. I had a few more. I had cut up. We had a couple hundred in mine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 35. <laughs> I went to an all girl school. So, you know, jocks and guys, <laughs> but uh, we didn't have uh, that big of a a class either. So it was, it was fun. It was, it was cool. Um, I, I think later on in life, I, I realized that I had more in common with people I didn't think I had in common. Yes. Um, um, and I don't know if it was because of the reunions and, and, or because of social media, you know, cause, uh, I, I do keep in touch with, uh, or I'm connected at least to a lot of people in my class and it's people that I, you know, I used to think, whoa, I'll never be, you know, I don't think they'll ever, you know, put me in, in, as part of their circle. And man, it just, it, you realize, wow, this circle is much bigger than I thought. And we all have a lot of, a lot of things in common in our thought processes. Maybe it's because, you, you know, when you have kids and, and you care about certain things more or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been, a, grow it's up. been an amazing little journey. Yeah. And you know, yeah. the other thing too, is if we are going to get canceled for this conversation, it'll happen before we publish this because Claire now has Alexa and she's being <laughs> eavesdropped on. And she's hearing all of this. <laughs> Alexa, open warm 106.9. <laughs> so I, yeah, tell us about your Alexa. <laughs> oh my God, that thing is so cool. Okay, so it's in the kitchen at the house, this house where I'm living now with my, uh, Sharon and I moved in with uh, uh, her sister. And there's an Alexa in the kitchen. And so you go in every morning and you go to make coffee and the Alexa's sitting there. And it will just like flash through different things like, you know, ask Alexa this or tell Alexa that. So the other day I was there and this little thing that said, oh, today's headline, Stevie Wonder has decided to move to Ghana. And I'm like, huh, Alexa, why is Stevie Wonder moving to Ghana? And it boom, told me this whole story about Stevie Wonder. I'm like, wow. So then like a little while later, we were planning a trip to the dog park and we wondered what the weather was. And Sharon's like, well, is it going to be, what's it going to be like at two o'clock? And I'm like, oh, I know, Alexa, tell me what the weather will be at two o'clock. And then she tells you the whole weather report. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. So today, like right before this podcast, I'm up in the kitchen and there's this thing that says, ask Alexa if you'd like to know the SAT study word of the day. And I'm like, well, hell yeah, Alexa, what's the SAT study word of the day? And it comes on and today's word is alleviate. And they used it in a sentence. And the sentence was, Advil will alleviate a headache. And then I thought, was this whole thing an advertisement for Advil? <laughs> and, then, and that's when I realized that I should stop talking to Alexa. <laughs> and then on Amazon Prime, you end up getting alleviate. You're right. We're going to get a case of it. Right. <laughs> so my grandkids, you know, they range from four to ten, nine, nine. And um, they'll when anything happens with the TV, they're like, Google. And they tell Google what to do. And because it's so foreign to me, I'm just looking at them like, holy crap, it's like the Jetsons. <laughs> it is. It you is guys. totally the Jetsons. We have two boxed 
Echo Dots in our home. Oh. We got them two Christmases ago, maybe three, and just not opened it because of the whole news of, ooh, Amazon's listening. Somebody's listening. Is that even a concern in your household? I completely forgot about it until you just mentioned it. Now I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, No, you know what? I'm not worried because my sister-in-law's boyfriend who's here, he's like a tech wizard, guru, genius, super guy. My guess is that like whatever Alexa does, we've got like a thousand firewalls and magic elf things that we have a spell. He did like a spell around the house to protect us from that. So I'm not worried. (laughs) Is that like doing a rain dance? (laughs) Right. I was thinking Harry Potter. Expecto Alexa. Petunius. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on just a second. I got to do a traffic. Okay. Already? Sorry. Wow. I know. Time flies what? when you're us. Luna's about to quack her duck. You might hear a duck. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Was, was that the femur bone I heard again? The you femur. Hear the duck quack. <laughs> I can't find mute on the, uh, on, on this thing. Oh. <laughs> so on, on AM and 80K, I actually, we're going to hear a femur bone dropping during the okay. report. Claire, yes. have you tried this one? Ask Alexa if she can beatbox. Can you beatbox? So she'll do like, mm-hmm. yep. Okay. I will. Okay. I will next time I'm up there. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, how far can Alexa hear you? Like, can you, you can't be down there then and, and just say it out loud and, and she can't just answer whatever your request was? I haven't tried. <laughs> okay, say it and then go upstairs and see if it happened. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out if there's an echo down here. Hey, hey, David, yeah. is there an echo down here? An, a, a, is that, um, can no. Alexa, can Alexa hear me down here? No, unfortunately. Oh, he said unfortunately. no. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Whose side is he on? Right. Got it. Okay. Okay. Well, Anna, there's something. So they had it. We had it down here as an echo dot, apparently, and it wasn't working properly. So they they went ahead and disabled it. So, you know, okay. maybe okay. maybe that tells you something about your echo dot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll burn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or hook it up and boss it around. I mean, heck. (laughs) Gosh. Um, Oh, my gosh. Well, Well, ladies. Is is that all the time we have? Is it time? Well, no, I've got to go. I could do about five more minutes. And Sadie hasn't barked yet. It's not over till the the, squeaking uh, pointer barks. (laughs) I mean, but she gave the the two minute warning. The squeak. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I just want to say, I, I really, I love that the three of us can have a different take on things, different opinions and different takeaways on any issue on our podcast. And, and, and then we always end up okay <laughs> after the podcast, you know, we're not like not talking to each other. Right. Uh, and, and we could be good examples to the, to Twitter sphere. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Except I, I, one I another. I think so too, but, but it's because we know each other. And I should point out, it's not like we're lifelong friends. We've only known each other for a few years. But there's something about the two of you that I know and trust. And I feel like I I am safe to to say my opinion in front of you. And you're safe to say your opinion in front of me. And that's like Lori goes back to what Lori said earlier. You you don't hate what you know. You don't fear what you actually know. And I know you too. And I don't hate you. And I don't fear you. And I love you. But if I'm on Twitter and I see somebody say something... I don't know them. And mm. it's easy to to jump to conclusions about what they meant. Yeah. You had me and I love you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> feel like I we need a group you. hug. <laughs> hug. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and actually, I want to go back to something else Lori said, although she hasn't said it here. Uh, Lori, Lori has a bunch of podcasts. One of them is called Enough. This week, it was... Um, <laughs> Enough about listening. Fake. Uh, it was basically about how to listen rather than how to talk. And that's yeah. something I've learned a lot from Lori. And even though <laughs> I talk nonstop, you wouldn't believe that I learned that lesson. But I do feel like the three of us listen to each other. Yes. yes. And we're willing to hear each other's side. It's like, you know, we're open to be able to 
just be open to other ideas. And, you know, one thing I learned from my son, he said, Mom, if people would just let you talk and rant and rave, he said... He, he had met someone on a bus and they were ranting and raving and he wanted to like just interrupt him. And he finally goes, OK. And he goes, I've got this whole bus ride. So he just listened to him and said, wow, really, that's how you believe, huh? And, and he went on and on. And after like a half an hour of the bus ride, my son said, well, you know, I think a little differently about that. And the guy, because my son listened to him, the guy said, oh, so what's your take? Which totally shocked my son, because usually it's like, nope, I don't want to hear any what I believe is right. And I don't want to hear anything else. I learned that from my son. And because of that, I've had experiences where people have maybe jumped to conclusions and I've just let them go on and on until they get it all out and then ask a question of, do you want to hear what I think? So when people feel heard, they feel loved, respected. Mm. Yes. God, I feel like that's that's something to end on. Right there. There. I agree. Yeah. Mic drop, except we're in the business. And if you ever drop a mic around me, I'll slap you. <laughs> Virtual mic drop. Yes. What? Right. Who started that? <laughs> These things are expensive. You know, I, I can't. I can't even. I cannot even imagine Lori doing that. <laughs> Dropping smacking, a mic, smacking someone. <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> oh my god. Well, do your best, and when we know better. We'll do better. Mm-hmm. Amen, sisters. How do I end this? <laughs> By oh. telling people that they should rate us and listen to us and all that stuff. And okay. write a nice review. Yes, write a nice review. Yeah, do that. Okay. <laughs> all right. A nice and, uh, one. How, how many stars should they give us? Five stars is really good because it registers. Four, I don't know. Five, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Either a one or a five. Nothing there you go. in between. Right. None of this right. rambi pamby exactly. stuff. Far left, far right, or far out. <laughs> and they're full circle. I think we just found the title to our podcast. <laughs> Wait, right, quick, let me write it down left. before I forget it. Right. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks everyone for downloading and or subscribing to this podcast. And thank you, Warm 6.9 for the platform. Thank you, Podcast One, for powering up our show. And thanks to my producer, my agents, my family, my mentor. <laughs> and Aaron and then- Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is where the music to make me wrap up comes on. Okay. <laughs> I would like to say for a moment, if you get a chance, go back and listen to Jane Fonda's speech. It's not really political. It is, but it's not. Because what she said was, it struck me so hard. I almost called you, Lori, because we we talk a lot about story and storytelling and how it's so important for people to get their personal story out. And basically, Jane Fonda's speech is about how really all we do when we sit down and watch TV and movies is hear each other's stories and how we can change the world simply by watching TV and movies and hearing each other's stories and what we learn. And believe me, she said it much more eloquently than that. But it was one of the best speeches I've ever heard without ever, ever saying the name of any politician or any country. She didn't have to. She just talked about the power of story. Yeah. 100% to tell that message about stories, how they change our hearts and our minds and give us empathy. She incorporated the films of today into that speech to relay that message and the message of inclusion and the need for Hollywood to embrace diverse stories and that is the drop the mikiest thing I've ever (laughs) seen and heard in my life. But even Jane Fonda knows that mics are expensive and didn't actually drop it. Good on you, Jane. Good on you. <laughs> oh, Lori. <laughs> I love it. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so uh, I, you know, at the end of this podcast, I am going to just throw in the Jane Fonda speech because uh, it is, it is yes. worth the attention. Yes, I Please agree. do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hang on. Hang on one second. Oh, Sadie, okay. are we done? Sadie. Sadie, are we done? Sadie, are we done? No, no, she's shaking her head. No, no, she's like, no, no, keep on going. Got the femur doing good. (laughs) Sadie doesn't drop the mic. She drops the femur. (laughs) Much safer. (laughs) 
<laughs> much safer <laughs> unless it's your femur <laughs> well there's that <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. have a great week everyone this is listen and learn or, or not, not. As promised, here's Jane Fonda's acceptance speech during the 2021 Golden Globes. We are a community of storytellers, aren't we? And in turbulent, crisis-torn times like these, storytelling has always been essential. You see, stories have a way to, they can change our hearts and our minds. They can help us see each other in a new light to have empathy, to recognize that, that for all our diversity, we are humans first, right? You know, I've <laughs> seen a lot of diversity in my long life, and at times I've been challenged to understand some of the people I've met. But inevitably, if my heart is open and I look beneath the surface, I feel kinship. That's why all of the great conduits of perception, Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, Lao Tse, all of them spoke to us in stories and poetry and metaphor because the non-linear, non-cerebral forms that are art speak on a different frequency. And they generate a new energy that can jolt us open and penetrate our defenses so that we can see and hear what we may have been afraid of seeing and hearing. You know, just this year, Nomadland helped me feel love for the wanderers among us, and Minari opened my eyes to the experience of immigrants dealing with the realities of life in a new land, and Judas and the Black Messiah, Small Acts, U.S. versus Billie Holiday, Ma Rainey, One Night in Miami, and others have deepened my empathy for what being black has meant. Rami helped me feel what it means to be Muslim American. Oh, I May Destroy You has taught me to consider sexual violence in a whole new way. The documentary All In reminds us how fragile our democracy is and inspires us to fight to preserve it. And a, a life on our planet shows us how fragile our small blue planet is and inspires us to save it and ourselves. Stories, they really, they really can change people. But there's a story we've been afraid to see and hear about ourselves in this industry. A story about which voices we respect and elevate and which we tune out. A story about who's offered a seat at the table and who is kept out of the rooms where decisions are made. So let's all of us including all the groups that decide who gets hired and what gets made and who wins awards. Let's all of us make an effort to expand that tent so that everyone rises and everyone's story has a chance to be seen and heard. I mean, doing this simply means acknowledging what's true, being in step with the emerging diversity that's happening because of all those who marched and fought in the past and those who've picked up the baton today. I mean, after all, art has always been not just in step with history, but has led the way. So let's be leaders. Okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes.